Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Hurling Podcast. With your host, Mark Kennedy, have the Limerick hat on. Uh, obviously, we have Rory Walsh, Karen Collins with us today. Lads, how are things? Very good, Mark. Good, Mark, yourself? Great, absolutely jubilant there. Um, I suppose, guys, look, we'll just get straight down to it, the all Ireland team. And final, just a quick video stream just to kind of capture our thoughts after Limerick's historic and heroic four in a row win over Kilkenny. We'll have a look at all the key incidents here. Uh, I suppose, Rory, know your press for time today. We'll get kind of teams of the year and your harder of the year as well. I suppose, uh, guys, 30 points to 215. These are heady days for Limerick Harland. The second half performance was as good as any we've ever seen in Crow Park. Um, we even, let's say, from uh, the 30th minute on, um, from the way Limerick responded to, to that goal, um, you know, it, it uh, sorry, the last the last 10 minutes, the way they spent a goal in the second half as well, when Limerick just had taken over and had fired, you know, a couple of points, uh, Kilkenny went down, it should have been a soccer punt for Limerick, but they just took the blow in their stride and went back up the field then and, and started piling scores from all sorts of angles. Um, it, was, it was some feat of shooting, really, to be honest, like a 75% record. And we're talking about a day where there was a, a you know, mist and, and wind. It wasn't ideal conditions for hurling. So to, to shoot that in an All-Ireland final in any day is something special, but to do it with the weather the way it was. And I think that goes down maybe to shot selection in the first half, playing the conditions well, not shooting from outside the range. And you could see uh, just... Last night in the highlights and Sunday game, they showed a few examples of how Limerick worked the ball into, you know, maybe shooting around the 45, definitely inside the 65. That's where they took on their shots from play in the first half and just made a big difference um, that they weren't, um, you know, you know, especially in the final when a, a lot of whites can happen and nerves can, can go through a team a bit. I thought some of the Limerick players like David really started nervous uh, when he switched to midfield, he really came into it and got on the shoulder of Keane Lynch for a point just before the end and had a, had a really good second half. A lot of players, like no matter how many occasions you're in, the All-Ireland final still brings nerves on. And the fact Limerick, um, you know, took their shots from the, from, from the, the, the I was going to say the right angles, but from, you know, made a huge difference in the game. And they were able to take the intensity Kilkenny brought. Um, they matched them for it. And then Limerick, was, as we know, um, can keep going longer with it. They outlasted Kilkenny in terms of that. And Kilkenny wilted big time. And, uh, from Kilkenny perspective, I suppose, uh, forwards-wise, we we spoke about it in our preview that Kilkenny forwards needed to step up and the, some of the, Tom Feeling was the only one of the aforementioned forwards that actually did improve in his performance. Billy Ryan, I don't know, had he one possession, two possessions. Martin Keown, no score, I think. John Donnelly had a point. Uh, TJ Reid, no score from play. I know he won a couple of frees and, and look, was a danger and a threat. Owen Cody just won score. And we'd said that, that if if Limerick um, could mark Owen Cody and... Uh, deal with TJ Reid as well like and, and cut down the amount of frees that TJ had been scoring in previous games and that's what, what Limerick did it was uh, you know it was a masterclass really in, in how to get over the line and win not Ireland four, four in a row so yeah I'll credit to him Kieran, what did you think? Look I, I think Kenny I suppose they, they, from the start like they brought a serious work rate and to me it reminded me of the the 21 semi-final against Waterford when they came out of the blocks and you know they really they, they were hitting tackling in twos and threes and the, you know the huge intensity i think they just suffocated limerick and i suppose they didn't get their own game going and they were playing in kilkenny's terms but i think the side effect of that for kilkenny is it's so energy sapping and to, to do that for 70 minutes is probably near impossible that the the pace of the game is gone now i think limerick probably weathered the storm you know early second half and like the scoreboard showed that like five points after maybe 20 minutes for limerick I suppose it was something they don't associate with them, but just in, like even getting shots off, I don't even think they created that many shots either. It was just that Kilkenny suffocated and Limerick didn't get their passing game going. But I suppose it was similar to the Galway game and how it played out. Limerick got the, the mm-hmm. I suppose Galway got ahead. They were six points up, and Limerick got a few scores for half time to narrow the gap. And it was you know similar yesterday where I think Limerick scored four of the last five points in the first half to to bring it to a three point game. And I think going in at half time. You know, Limerick would have been happy, especially with that breeze. I think to me that was a four or five point breeze, you know, they're going to be playing. But I think it, it probably the breeze intensified as well as the game went on. But the goal aside for Kenny, I think that was only a, a little blip for Limerick in the second half. I think Limerick came out, you know, people will say maybe the last 20 minutes, but I think Limerick were in full control that that's whole second half. 
they, they probably got two or three points in a row before the goal. I think after the goal, and they scored the next five in a row without response. And, you know, that was huge. And I think just the manner of the points as well, the, you know, one of the, the, the downsides to Limerick over the years, or one of their, their flaws was, was the shooting accuracy. And I think geez, that's one thing we can't criticise them over yesterday, like 75% efficiency in front of goal, and especially in that second half. And some of the angles that the points were taken at, I think they were just incredible. I think Kenny and Rue, as well as a couple of chances missed, um, I think their efficiency, they were 54%. And it's not, I suppose it's Uncle, Uncle Kenny, like really, but I think you, you made a point there, Roy, but I think possibly Kilkenny maybe carrying maybe two forwards that I suppose on certain certain days they do it, but consistency like Massey Keown can can score two or three goals in one game and then mightn't score for you know I think he was very poor yesterday. Yeah. He probably had a goal chance where he slipped, looking just being harsh on him, but you know that's the the you have to take every chance. Um, I said Billy Ryan was poor. Walter as well. Walter, Walter very Walter. poor. Yeah, he wasn't in at all. And I think even Cody had, um, he showed great moments, especially in the first half, but I don't think he was on the ball at all in the second half. He was really quiet. And one first, uh, player really despised me was Mullen. I thought Adrian Mullen was, he was sloppy. Yes. He was, you know, made him a lot of mistakes, especially in the first half when they were on the up. Yeah. Um, and I'm really, really surprised with how poor he was on the day. Great respect. And I think he's, a, he's going to be an unbelievable player in years to come. I just don't think he had the best today yesterday. No, and even the first half, like uh, as you were saying, sloppiness. Tom Feeling as well, even though he scored three points, was times where he failed to control the ball. He actually had time to then roll lift it, and because he was he was playing that gap, Limerick didn't want to push push out after him, and that's what Kilkenny managed to do in the first half. Their half forward line were able to drop deep, so they were able to go short to the full back line and then clear the whole lot. Um, when, when Limerick followed them out, and when they didn't follow them out, they were able to just pick out the half forwards, like Tom Feeling's wing especially. And uh, even though I, I thought he was a bit sloppy, he was still getting, he still had enough time to get on the ball second time around. Mullen, yeah, it looked really, even Owen Cody, the first three balls that went in, he got his hand to them and never, never, none of them stuck. Yeah, but from a limited point of view, I, I thought um, in the first half, that spell, like against Galway, when they down six points, it was really important that they finished the half strong, and they did. That's what I'm saying then, when, when they were down six points, they didn't panic. They took the right shots at, in, in those few minutes. And it kind of saved maybe Kilkenny opening the gap to seven, eight points, which would have given them a chance. Um, you know, Breeze being strong and everything, it, it still would have kept them in the game maybe. But um, second half, like we we're talking about shot selection, I suppose. <laughs> Looking back at some of the ones Peter Casey took and Kyle O'Neill, you'd be saying like, oh, they're low percentage efforts. But when, when your team is in flow and the momentum, then you then you take those ones on. like Because invariably they seem to drop over and they were just an outrageous series of scores like from, from all over the pitch. And uh, in some cases, like Kenny players had done nothing wrong. They were chasing and hooking and suddenly the shot is still coming from like, you know, a half grip from the sideline and just sat straight over. So look, it, it was an incredible display second half. And um, yeah, Kilkenny, uh, again, like it, it's their forward line really. And it's something that we don't associate with Kilkenny over the years where before their forward line, sometimes we're keeping them in games in, in that they, they'd blitz you for whatever, two, 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 three. They just don't seem to have them at the minute. Like, and if this was to be TJ's last year, you know, he's another big man to go for next year because, as we said, like the Billy Ryans and uh, John Donnelly's, it's inconsistency is the, is the main thing about them. Um, you get a work rate from them. Like, that's a, a, I think that's a, a basis from a Kilkenny player. You're going to get a level of work rate and, and tenaciousness from them. But, like, in terms of scoring, you have to have forwards that are adding to the scoreboard. You can't, they can't, it can't all be work rate. You see with the Limerick players, they're, their um, work rate's incredible, and yet they're also chipping in on the scoreboard. And every single one of them, like Shem Fanagan yesterday, one of his quieter games, but like you still had the other. That's they still had four or five other forwards on song. And that's the thing Limerick can do, whereas Kilkenny are having three or four forwards on off days at the minute. And uh, yeah, and if 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 it's own Cody and TJ aren't you know shooting the lights out, then they're in trouble. And that was the case yesterday. I think as well, I suppose if you look at the spread of scores, um, I suppose Limerick had 11 scores from play, but like aside from um from Deegan and Cody's goal, like Tom Feelan had three points, but other than that, it was the likes of Donnelly got up for a point later on, and you know a lot of them are free. But I, personally, I think TJ look, he's he's an incredible. He's probably one of the best hurlers to play the game. But I think this year, you know, look, he's bringing a work rate, and he won a great ball in front of goal yesterday. But uh, you know, I don't think on this year's form. 
like you know, Billy Drennan is an up and coming player coming in. I don't think they're going to lose too much in what what he's done this year. Like Drennan could come in and play the game that TJ played yesterday. I think just you know taking the freeze and he is a deadly free taker. Like if he he just doesn't miss. But I think like the look at the the legacy thirty six what he's given for Kenny. You know it's very hard to see him will he come back again next year. And I think there will be a few players in that Kenny team that are. Close to the stepping away, like Richie Hogan again. He, I think he's on and possibly on borrowed time. I think Walter Walsh on, on yesterday's performance. Walter was um, he was poor. I think we've seen over the last few years, and I suppose in Cody times as well. He was a, more of an impact player for for Kilkenny coming on, and I suppose running the entire teams. Um, you know, Killian Killian yeah. Buckley. You know, Patrick Walsh as well. Yeah, so there's a there's a lot of these guys that. You know, take them out, and I suppose what the question mark is what you're left with in Kilkenny. They have a core kind of group of players like Owen Cody and Mullen, a similar vintage. But you know, I suppose there is still slight remains of the the Kilkenny teams of the past still hanging in there. And I suppose it's when they step away, how do they replace it? I suppose we look at the 20s team that won the All Ireland Kilkenny last year, and I suppose Drennan was the obvious choice. He made the step up. You know, we saw we saw him plenty of league games, but I think he's the obvious, you know, replacement for maybe a TJ um, in the next year or so. But yeah, I think it's outside of that. These big players, yeah. like, yeah, it's not just TJ that needs replacing. The forward line in general need repair. Yeah. Like, where do they come from? Like, yeah. See, there's the thing, and I suppose like even Limerick, you've Carl O'Neill, Adam English. I saw Aidan O'Connor, who who we saw very had a phenomenal under twenty year last year. He, he was on the bench yesterday, wasn't used, but they have talent coming through in the forward line. Claire, I suppose, Mark Rogers, Shane Meehan had only a big part this year, but we saw, you know, another player with potential coming through, Adam Screeny and Offaly, like, and Kilkenny, apart from Drennan, like, there's no, before you'd have the names of the up-and-coming Kilkenny lads coming through, and, um, yeah, there does seem to be a, a bit of a dirt there, and you, you just wonder, the only thing is, they're going to be in an All-Ireland semi-final, or quarter-final every yeah. year, though, so, that is the thing, so, uh, at doesn't look like there's any team really in Leinster that's going to come for you know to challenge their place from qualifying into top three. So like they, they are if they get things right, they still only need to get it right for All Ireland. And they'll, and they'll always have that advantage of being fresh as well coming into an All Ireland semi final. Yeah. You know it's like you know beat Galway and you're you're one match away from an All Ireland final. So I know yeah. at, at the minute like it is a huge advantage for them, um, especially as they're rebuilding. But uh, it, it just seems like that they don't have you know that conveyor belt has kind of slowed down a bit, and it's going to be an issue for them. I think. Yeah. I suppose about the Kilkenny setup at the start, guys. Given there was a strong breeze there, Kieran and Rory, did you feel like Kilkenny were a little bit passive here? I mean, they were putting an extra midfielder in to put TJ Reid into the 40. I didn't think it was a typical Kilkenny performance at the start, you know, really seizing this game by the scruff of the neck. I don't know, Kieran. Any thoughts on that? I agree. I think playing with that. Um... With that win, as well as knowing that Limerick are a third quarter or a second half team, like, you know, for me, if I was over to Kenny, I would be saying we need to go out and put a bigger score as we can up before half time with that win. Um, and I think they probably did play it conservatively. Um, I suppose the goal and any of the goal chances came off mistakes, really. I think that, you know, Cody's goal, I think, um, was Dan Marcy, you know, failed to catch it and it, it kind of spilled. And I know Cody took it well, but it, it was on it was on the back of a mistake. Um, so, yeah, for me, yeah, I suppose maybe they could have pushed on more. You know, they were maybe the six points up, but I think Limerick did get that crucial four points before half time to, to leave it a, you know, it was only a three point game. And I think going in at half time, Limerick would have been the happier the two teams, um, being only three points down with that win because it was a fairly substantial win. Um, and I suppose having scored the four points coming into half time, it probably took the wind out of Kenny's sails a little bit as well. Yeah, Rory got you in yeah. there as well because I thought that was the first key major talking point because Mink Kenny building the five six point advantage. There was an Owen Cody a chance of a goal that went wide. TJ Reid uncharacteristically missing a free late on, and Limerick slowly but surely creating turnovers and then whittling down that lead to three points. I think my kind of gut feeling going in at half time was very much like the Galway Limerick game that. Kenny had done most of the hurling, but still we're only three points ahead here, Rory. I don't know your thoughts there in terms of the end of that first half. Yeah, at half time, I kind of thought like Limerick were in a great position because that breeze was really strong. And what what Kilkenny managed to do in the first half was to kind of avoid dropping ball in the Limerick half back line. And in the second half, that was they couldn't avoid it because Limerick pushed on. 
forced the land puck out and like Jeremy Burns is just eating up ball after ball, you know. But in the first half, as you were saying, and yeah, I, I thought they should have pushed TJ when they were they were having joy with high ball in, even though they weren't winning it directly. TJ caught one ball he was fouled for when he went in. I thought they should have put TJ right in with with Cody while they were kind of bombarding Limerick with high ball, you know, and and as we said there, Cody got his hands to the first two or three ones, never held, uh, you know, they, were, they weren't sticking, but they were with, they were getting joy off the breaks, like uh, Willow Dunn, who seemed to be a bit in trouble in the high ball in the first half, and he was dropping back, and uh, like, either he wasn't winning the cleaning, it was just dropping straight down, because Kenny were, were, you know, they were getting to the breaks quicker at, at that point, but yeah, they, if they were going to go for it, you put maybe TJ and Owen Cody right in, and you know, and while they were having joy with with kind of high ball dropping in, but yeah, you could just I just kind of sense the second half that like Limerick were going to push up and make a Kenny go along, and you're looking at that half forward line and uh, wondering apart from TJ grabbing a ball like you know Limerick are going to have that advantage. Kyle Hayes in the air, um, Burns in the air, and Adunny who you know came into it in the second half as well. So, and I thought that switch as well, like um, David Reedy, who, who I said was nervy to start, settled in in midfield. I mean, you know, Keen Lynch was had. A, he completely changed. Richie Reid was, was dominant in that first half and was just kind of holding things together, like looked really good. And that just completely transformed it. He went out of it completely. And Keane Lynch, you know, uh, he's just so good to um, bring other players into play as well as taking his own scores. But uh, one thing you'd be saying if you were a manager is don't swarm him because he'll invariably sidestep and get a hand pass out and suddenly you've overlapped because he sucks in three or four defenders. Like anyone playing, you'd say just stand him up one on one and don't get sucked in. But he just draws in players and he just has that ability. Like, even the slightest bit of room, he can get that pass away. And yesterday was his best game. We saw hints against Galway that he was coming back into form. And then yesterday, like, he was back to his best. Like, and as I, I think, he... I think yesterday that was a real captain's performance. I think even, yeah. even in the first half, I think when a couple of Limerick players weren't going well, I think he was. And, and another man is Will O'Donnell, who I thought he had an exceptional game there. Um, but I think just Keane Lynch, you know, just just to see him back in around the midfield area there, and you know the little dinks and and passes, and look, he, he's incredible. And I said it, it's what he does to to create space and 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 make run for the for players coming off his shoulder. And I think you know he did show signs of being the Keane Lynch as well we've we've seen over the last few years, and you know I suppose hopefully we we'll see more of it next year. But you know I think player wise, like definitely into the second half. You know, I don't think you could accuse any Limerick player of not being up at the, the level required. Like, I think Dermot Burns and Kyle Hayes, I thought they were unbelievable in the second half. You know, the, the ball they won. Uh, just to, going forward, how strong they were. Um, and I suppose into Peter Casey. And like Peter Casey, I suppose he carried off from where he left off in the final in 21. He was showing that same type of form in the first half against Cork in 2021, the final. I suppose injury took him out last year. And I think this year... For me, Peter Casey's been a bit frustrating. I don't think it's any fault of his own. I think he's been kind of deployed, you know, further away from goal. And I suppose it's the work rate he brings. And but I, to me, like Peter Casey, if you put him in that position in front of goal, he is a, a top class, you know, um, from any angle, both sides. Like he'll take scores from any angle. And I, I to me, that was the, the classic Peter Casey yesterday in that second half. You know, scoring five points and top quality points every one of them. Like and I think, like yesterday was as close to. The best, as good a performance you will see for thirty minutes in hurling. Um, I think it's even up there with the with the second half um, against Tipperary in the most final couple of years ago. I think it's it's as good as that performance. Yeah, and as well, we, we, something we had said before the Munster final, like would they put Peter Casey in inside and let Flanagan roam around? So I'd like to say maybe it was one thing we got right, maybe that uh, John Kiley didn't. <laughs> one thing, whereas because uh, like he's, I'd hate. Imagine if you're a cornerback having to mark Casey inside with space. His feet are so good, like he's just able to drop a shoulder, and he again also like Alain, he's the ability to score over his shoulder running out the field. Yeah. Uh, as we saw at that last point, he got um, like you can't mark that. Like you're trying to keep him outside, and suddenly it's over the bar anyway. So uh, yeah, I just think uh, he, he's a huge threat inside. And uh, maybe like Limerick look at things like stats wise and stuff. Maybe he was having an influence out the field, you know, in terms of force and turnovers and stuff that wasn't like quite obvious watching it. But um, you know, he's such a threat inside. Like and and you know, uh, like he, he the scores he got like were phenomenal scores. Uh, it was interesting, actually. Uh, I know what you see last night, Dara Donovan coming off to train and said he looked around the dressing room at half time and thought, "Well, Peter will be coming off anyway." <laughs> Little did he know, he'd 
play one of the greatest second halves, you know, seen. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, said, I don't think it's any fault of Peter Casey. I just think that's where they, you know, that's where they, yeah. that's the task he's been given. But I, I think looking back in this year, there was games where we were struggling for scores, maybe especially earlier on in the, in the round robin of Munster. The scores we were relying on Galan and Flanagan for them. They never clicked together. It was Galan and Flanagan never clicked together. It seems to be one or the other. And I just think having Peter Casey close to the goal just gives you that option. And I think it's the last thing any team's defence will want to see is these three guys lining up in a, in a convention, 15 and 15, and three of them taken to the to the full forward line. Like, it would put the shits up anyone, really, wouldn't it? You know, and I think just, I think for next year, I'd like to see is, is that is that Peter Casey back in the traditional corner forward position. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, look, his versatility is there for everyone to see. But, I mean, it was such a, a brilliant cameo, but... Uh, like, yeah, I think he touched on it here, lads. Keen Lynch, I thought, absolutely superb when the going was going tough. He was the guy that was really kind of driving things forward. Dermot Burns as well. I know maybe defensively one or two kind of nervy moments, but my God, when the chips were down, these long-range frees, he was keeping Limerick in touch, particularly with the frees. And then, like, eight points, you know, that monster score in the second half. I was in the Cusick stand. I mean, when that score went up, you could sense the momentum shift completely. Suppose, guys, second half, the Paddy Deegan goal. I think you have to say it's a very opportunistic goal from Kilkenny's perspective. I was having Charlie Carter's comments in my head from Thursday night. Three goals. Kilkenny need the three goals. And, I mean, the second goal that was given here. Needed five. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but, I mean, very opportunistic. But I suppose Limerick defensively a little bit all over the place here, uh, Rory. That was the only thing, I suppose, there was gaps in the first half. Like, the own Cody, when he went for the second one, was a half chance. And by right, at the time, he, he Limerick Graf scoring three points in a row. He should have cut back out and taken the point, I thought, just to stem the flow. Um, like, he went for a really tight angle. And I didn't, you know, it wasn't it wasn't on as such. And look, it, it whizzed the post or whatever, but it still wasn't the right option at the time. But uh, the Paddy Deegan, like, he does play in the forwards for Lachlan Gales a good bit at centre forward wing forward. And you could just see even the first point he got at the start of the game. You see, he was comfortable shooting from you know up the field as a lot of halfbacks are now. But uh, yeah, took the goal really well. And even there was another chance, as uh, Kieran said, where Keown slipped, like where he would mean straight through. And then there was one where like Tom Feeling would carry the ball straight in, and uh, probably again should have taken his point, but kept going. And he he had men to pass, so I never got the head up. He had men in his left, and he was expertly hooked, and that was a chance over. And Limerick, I think, went up the field and took a score from it. So you know, it was a double blow that one. Um, so, uh, yeah, but there was one stage talking about Jeremy Burns where any ball pucked within like 20 metres of him in, in the air. He was just coming onto ball after ball in the air. And you could just like Owen Murphy was looking out the field, I'd say, saying, looking at him at one wing, Kyle Hayes at the other wing, getting no joy off Willa Dunhu second half either, just going, where am I going to puck this ball? And it's maybe something like Kenny should have like maybe had runners coming back in front of their half back line from deep just to give him an outlet for the ball because... He didn't seem to have a short outlet, and uh, it was just swamped up time and time again. I think yeah. I saw a stat last night. I'm trying to recall in my head, but I think Kenny won eight of their own twenty-one long puckouts. You know, I think which is a sign that it wasn't working, and maybe you know Murphy should have gone shorter, or maybe some of them just to you know to retain position. But um, definitely in that second half, I think between Burns and, and Kyle Hayes, um, I think they caught the world of it. Yeah. Because I was behind the goal for Owen Murphy and he was cutting more of an exasperated figure in that third quarter. He was screaming at guys literally to even come out the pitch, you know, create a bit of width, even a short puck out. But again, I thought Limerick's pressing definitely forward line doesn't get enough credit here. But I thought Galan, Flanagan, they were kind of making an awful lot of Kilkenny defenders very nervous getting the ball and basically running it out of defence. So Murphy had no option but to hit middle third and we kind of know it's the invariable story, isn't it, Limerick? When they're in the groove, they're creating turnovers and so it kind of proved. But, guys, I mean, 21 points in that second half. I mean, I think you've alluded to it perfectly, guys. Some of the scores were just top quality stuff. And, I mean, chatting away to a few guys from Moonkind from Kilkenny, I mean, you could only but admire the pace, the movement, but the score selection here. Like, I mean, you get that kind of flow for a winner I remember when Offaly did it to Limerick a few years ago particularly the last 10 minutes of an All-Iron Hurl final things were just going over but I mean Kieran, from a Limerick perspective like left, right sidelines particularly the Galan point as well to go four points up the Flanagan interchange was absolutely superb so I mean to be fair uh, Kieran, 
incredible, incredible stuff here from Limerick. Absolutely, and I think shot selection in front of goal is something we've been craving all year. I think you know any game Limerick have played, we're kind of going right. We, you know, we we need to um, improve our shot selection and improve our efficiency in front of goal. And I think yesterday it just it just clicked. Like there was a time during the second half where any shot to be taken was just sailing over. Um, you know, but I think looking looking at the team, like they're not reliant on any one player. You know, they're um, like I don't think Tom Marcy had his best game yesterday, scoring wise, but he worked like a dog. You know, he gave everything for the time he's on the field. Grod Hegarty, you know, people say, oh, he's you know one of the players for finals. He turned out he two two massive points. You know, not his best day either. And I suppose, it, like, I think if you look at other teams where the likes of Grohl Hegarty and Tom Morrissey don't perform, you know, they might be in trouble. But I, I just think, like, if they don't perform, other lines pick it up. Like, our half-back line yesterday was exceptional. Um, you know, then Peter Casey and, and obviously Galan was well held by, by Hugh Lawler. But, you know, I suppose that, that point you mentioned there out in the sideline, the pass from Shane Flanagan to, to go the, the few up, like, that was a huge point. And I think it's just we're not reliant on certain players um, like Kilkenny are going to rely on Cody or, you know, Galway rely on Conor Whelan. I don't think Limerick are reliant. And I think it's, I suppose, it's a testament to what John Kiley says is like, you know, it's next man in. And, and they, they truly do believe that it's not based on players. It's the team effort. And, uh, you know, I suppose they're a, look, they're a joy to behold. And I, I just think, no matter where you're from, I think I've had a few people talking to me yesterday on the way out, and even Kenny fans, you know, they said like they're, they're just a joy to watch when they're in full flow. Absolutely. Roy, I'm conscious of time here. We may change tack a little bit here, uh, just in terms of your team of the year and also probably hurler of the year here, Roy. I know we're going to probably have an end of season review in the next week or two, let the dust settle a little bit on this inter county hurling championship. But from your perspective, Maybe harder the year first and then head into your team of the year. Yeah, I, I disagree with the lads last night uh, on RT. I'd go with Aaron Galanis harder the year because, um, like, Limerick wouldn't have been in the All-Ireland series only for Aaron Galan in Munster this year. He's phenomenal. When the other players we spoke about, the Hegarty's were off form, Keen Lynch, Kyle Hayes, as we know, came into it from the Munster final on. But they wouldn't have been in the Munster final was, if it wasn't for Aaron Galan, who was consistently, like, excellent day in, day out. And even yesterday, okay, he... He, he had a couple of wides in the first half, but he still he still two or three points from play and um, created space for other players as well by dragging Hugh Lauder around the place too. Was you know and uh, I wouldn't say he had a bad game whatsoever yesterday. He didn't get as much supply as he got, let's say, in the Munster final, but um because there was scores being taken from further out the field as well. But yeah, so he'd be my hurler of the year. And then team of the year, um, let's have it down here: Murphy and goals. I had Hugh Lawler, Morrissey, and Barry Nash my full back line. Um, Burns, John Conlon, and Kyle Hayes my half back line. Uh, we're the same so far, right? Come on, keep it going. Yeah. Uh, Donald Donovan and Tony Kelly midfield. No, no. <laughs> Shane O'Donnell, TJ Reid, and um, Tom Morrissey and Galan, Whelan, and Cody. There's me. And I was just—I was shocked. I—I I, I was shocked last night. Now I don't know you. I don't know if you, David Fitzgerald, in there, Karen, have you? I have, yeah. Okay, I'd have thought going through Clare's games this year that Tony Kelly was a level above David Fitzgerald in, especially in Munster. Like, like going through before I go. I'll go through some t- Tony Kelly against Waterford, team points four from play. Cork scored two four one four from play. Scored four points against Limit from play. Scored four last week. Looking back again, I thought he was brilliant in the second half. He was back deep winning and side of Tony Kelly we hadn't really seen before. But yeah, I just thought like uh T- Jackie Terry came out with a comment last night saying, Oh, he didn't do it against Kilkenny, so he isn't in, but yet he was kind of making excuses for some Kilkenny players who were didn't have like he said well, Mikey Butler didn't have a great final, but he did it. You know, it was like it was like a different. So anyway, no, I, I just if 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 nobody knew who Tony Kelly was and he had played this year, he'd have been. It's just the fact people expect him to score maybe eight nine points a match for that. But I just thought he was stand out. That's my only one, and uh, I w- I would say compared to David Fitzgerald this year, I thought he was at a different level than. No, David Fitzgerald came into it a bit like Kyle Hayes as the year went on. He came more and more into it. But anyway, we'll dissect it again. And lads, cheerio and congratulations again. Yeah, cheers, Rory. Yeah, have a good day. And sure, we'll chat in a few weeks. I suppose, Karen. I suppose, get your her, her harder of the year and team of the year, I suppose. Yeah, I, I think for me, I, I agree with Rory. I think Galan has been key to to get Limerick where we've been this year, especially in the in the earlier games. 
you know, as soon as you go back to the start of the year where there was rumours and speculation that he wasn't going to play at all due to off-the-field reasons. But, you know, I think he really hit the ground running. And I think in that Munster final, um, I thought he was incredible. Um, not that lucky he was getting an endless supply of ball into them, but, you know, he's really tested the full-backs all year. And I think for me, um, I don't think there's anyone... I think Tom Arcy was definitely up there in the earlier rounds, I suppose, from the league into the earlier rounds of Munster. He was in very, very good. Um, I suppose at the end of the year, like I think looking at the Sunday game, like Kyle Hayes has been really impressive the last two days out, but I think he's been a slow burner all year. He's been it's kind of like a building week on week, and you could possibly say the same for Hegarty as well. But um, I, I would nearly have Dima Burns in for nomination ahead of Kyle Hayes just based on the you know, I think look, Kyle Hayes has been incredible the last two days, but there were some games in Munster where I didn't think he was you know even that good, but. Yeah, for me, I think it's um, Galan. I think, look, Galan has been there, like, the last nomination for Ulster. Like, he was nominated last year, you know, didn't get it, and, and probably rightly so ahead of Burns. But, you know, I think it's a, it's consistency. He's been there, you know, and I think at this, at this stage. And I, geez, I think it'll be some um, achievement for Patrick as well. If he does, just the fact that, you know, Keane Lynch has picked it up, Burns has picked it up, and, you know, if Galan picks it up, I think it'll be uh, some achievement for them as a club alone. But for me, I think in goal, look, it's a, it's a flick of a coin really between Owen Murphy and Nicky Quaid. I think Nicky Quaid in years gone by would have the one up on Murphy on, on his puckouts. I think Owen Murphy has improved tenfold, especially this year. You know, I suppose we all know Kilkenny have been kind of mixing the game up a bit under, under Ling. And I go back to that Tipperary game earlier in the league where they you know, that they weren't, they were, they were poor and they looked like a team that were struggling, but I think they've really, you know, as the year has gone on, they have made huge improvements in, in the short game, as they call it, but I think for me, just that save last week, Cole Murphy, like, yeah. one other keeper, I think that alone is probably going to win him the All-Star, and I think before that, like, it was a flick of a coin, Nicky Quaid has done nothing wrong, I think the two goals yesterday, Um, I don't think there's anything done about him, I think all year, Limerick have conceded six goals, which is a huge testament to their full back line as well as Nicky Quaid. But I think just for that, just for that save alone, I think I think Owen Murphy will win the All Star. My full back line, uh, you could make case for all three defenders. Obviously, Limerick has conceded six goals, but I think Hugh Lawler has probably deserves a, a, a you know a nod because I think he held Galan out of all the full backs Galan has, has has come across this year. I think Hugh Lawler did, did a great job and last year on him. So for me, I've gone with Barry Nash, Dan Marcy, Hugh Lawler as my full back line. In the half back line, I've gone for um, Dima Burns, John Conlon, Kyle Hayes. I think the two wing backs nearly picked themselves. But I think Willow Dunner, who was definitely deserved to mention there, um, I think the last two days, I just think like it's a it's a hard switch to go from midfield to centre back, and I think the way he's done it, especially yesterday, I thought he was incredible. In parts of that first half, when I think Limerick were a little bit struggling. Um, and again, the last day, he might have looked a little bit at times lost, but I think yesterday, you know, he, he just he did what he had to do. And I think, you know, a little bit harsh. I don't, I don't have him in my team in the year, but I think, you know, I think Conlon, I saw him in the Munster final and the earlier rounds. I just thought he was incredible, just at the age he is and, yep. you know, what he does for Clare. And I think Clare without Conlon are a different team as well. I suppose that's a testament as to how good how good he is. Um, my midfield, I, I look, I, Roy disagrees, but I think Dave Fitzgerald, um, I've been impressed with him, you know, last year into this year. I think when he ran direct at defences that they, you know, he caused them huge trouble. I suppose the Dublin game is of note, but I think he, he was one of them players, that, the go-to players that, you know, to carry ball for Clare, and I thought, I thought he had a very good year. I think Darrell Donovan, he probably, one of the young song heroes in the Limerick team. I, I think, look, he got the man of the match in the semi-final, but I think he's just been incredible. His distribution, I think with Hannah Miston as well, it's important that we have players who's supposed to get the ball inside. I think he's one of them guys who's picked up that mantle of, of getting the ball in there to the likes of Galan and Flanagan. And, um, I think he's been, you know, I suppose he would have had critics over the last couple of years, but I think this year he's answered a lot of critics and, you know, he's worthy of a, a place in that team. And, you know, I think he's had, he's had a very good year. And for me, in, in the half forward line, I've gone with um, Tom Marcy. Look at people will say the last two days he's been subbed off early, but I think he's, you know, while he's been on the field, maybe not scoring the 
three or four points. You we usually accustomed with Tom, but just the, the work he brings, I think he worked his socks off yesterday. And I think don't forget, like this is a hurler of the it's our sorry team of the year. And I think a big part of that year, Tom Marcy was crucial. You know, early yeah. into the league and in the early runs of Munster, Tom was unbelievable. And he was, you know, uh, on a shortlist for hurler of the year at that stage, I suppose the last maybe one or two games, he hasn't been up to his own levels, but nonetheless work his socks off and for me I think deserves a place. Um center forward Shane O'Donnell, I think he's been, you know, for Clare, um I suppose since he's kind of bulked up and I suppose moved out of the full forward line the last two years, I just think he's been incredible. I think he was one of them players in the semi final against Kilkenny that did take it to Kilkenny and I think well deserved place. For me, um another half forward, I I gone for Tom Feeling for Kilkenny. I think he's um you know, this year I think he's had a really good year. You know, I suppose he was, I suppose maybe bought along the scene last year. Cody was bringing him in. You know, started a few games, but I think this year, I just think he's incredible. And 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 going back to yesterday, I think you know three points from play. You know, I think he created Paddy Deegan's goal. He took the run in, run in and get the pass off. I just thought he was lively. He made a few mistakes, but you know, a young guy in an All Ireland final, and you know, I think this year alone will 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 do a the world a good farm going forward. And I think he'll be. I think he's going to be one of the more important players in the Kilkenny team over the next few years. He mightn't get the, the applause for this year, but I think he's been really impressive. And then the full forward line, I think it probably, I think Galan, look at him, I think his name goes down automatically. Owen Cody, who's had a, a very good year as well. And um, I've gone for Connor Whelan. I think he's, you know, of that Galway team, you know, we'll we, we pick flaws in him very easily. But I just think that, you know, the. Um, I suppose that the game against Tipperary, you know, was a one sixty scored, and again, again, you know, in the um, against Limerick, like that first half, really, really impressive. Died off in the second half, but I look, I think he was, it was going to be a one man perform, one man band performance, you know, in the second half because I think the whole Galway team just died down. But I, I think for for Galway, I just don't think they would have been even in that semi final only for Wheeling. So I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, so uh, four to Kenny men, three Clare, one Galway, and seven from Limerick. And I think that's uh, pretty unbiased, if I can say so myself. <laughs> yeah, tough job there, uh, Karen. Fair play to you. I suppose, Herder of the Year for me, he may not get nominated, but I'm going to just throw it out there. Doing Starrow Donovan. I think he's just been exceptional from minute one of the championship. He's been an ever present. The amount of possessions, link up play, key points during the season. I'm thinking of Cork particularly. He's had a few man of the match displays here for me. I think ultimately it should go probably to Aaron Galan. I know a few years ago when I was <laughs> running this account and uh, Limerick went down to Nolan Park and were shooting everywhere bar over the bar with Aaron Galan kind of waiting on the outside in. And again, this guy has not disappointed from a Limerick current perspective. And yeah, I think it's going to be a combination. I think it's going to be an incredible feat for Patrick Swell. As you say, Dermot Burns, Keane Lynch, I think Aaron Galan is primed now. I mean, given the victors here, I think, as you say, particularly in Munster, when Limerick were on the pin of their collar, let's be brutally honest about it, he was the guy. So I think from my perspective, I think Galan, but I think there's honourable the mentions there for own Cody as well, because I think Cody, even his club former Baddy Hale, he continued in with the county. I particularly think about that Wexford game at the Leinster Union Championship down in Chadwick Park. Like, he was exceptional. The pace, the devastation in terms of his goal-scoring ability. So, I think an honourable mention there, but yeah, I think Galan gets hurt here. But I think uh, O'Donovan really would be a, kind of a, a keynote nomination here, potentially. I don't really have too many arguments, Kieran, in terms of your all-star team. The one thing I would say about Nicky Quaid is, I think the general media treatment of him leading into the Southern final has been nothing short disgraceful in terms of a few things that were basically passed on him particularly on the feigning of injury, all this sort of stuff. I thought yesterday he really showed an awful lot of class in terms of his distribution, particularly in that second half. The the Kyle Hayes point for me really exemplifies Nicky Quaid. Uh, or Kyle Hayes makes the run, a 40-metre run. He doesn't even have to break stride. It, it's just his accuracy. He has basically dis- transcended in terms of puck out distribution. And to be fair, he had no chance on the goals, but I think he's just overall command of his area. Is just exceptional, but look, I think Owen Murphy definitely will get the nod, given that Peter Duggan's save. And to be perfectly honest to Murphy, 
I saw him at full review yesterday and he struck a very frustrated figure. He could sense things were really not going according to plan. Any other mentions? I'll probably mention Donald Burke from Dublin. Uh, I mean, if we're going to say about Conor Whelan being a one-man band, I think you have to mention Donald Burke here. You know, unfortunately, you know, his leg injury had an early departure from the Clare game, but we've raved about him all year. Uh, I think to be perfectly fair, he's free-taking a superb striker of the ball here. And I think, to be perfectly honest, Donald Burke, has been a great standout year for him. I mean, Dublin now going to have to progress a little bit more and add a few more parts to their game. Um, yeah, uh, uh, to be honest, I think Conor Whelan as well from Galway really was good. You know, he really kind of burst into life there, particularly in the semi-final and final and ultimately quarter-final and semi-final. So, yeah, look, I don't have many too, <laughs> too many holes there, uh, Karen, in your team of the year, to be perfectly honest. I think David Fitzgerald is a good move there as well. But again, William O'Donoghue for me, if there is going to be that 16th man, I think that's William O'Donoghue's award, really. He took one for the team, particularly when Declan Hannon went injured. A daunting role in centre half back. And my God, he, the leadership, just how he embraced it, how he adjusted to that role was just exemplary. And also in terms of the Sean Finn injury, Quilty, you've Richie um, English as well. So, I mean, the versatility of Limerick players to assign various roles here has been nothing short sensational here, Karen. So, but yeah, no, all good. Look, we'll reflect more on it, uh, season ending review. I suppose, Karen, look, we're both from Limerick, both from Mahan. I mean, for me, Dan and Tom Morrissey, just the epitome of ambassadors for, uh, for the club, Nolset County. But for ourselves here, Karen, maybe I'll ask you the question what does it mean to you in terms of this Limerick team, the four in a row? I mean, they joined the elites, you know, Cork in the 40s, obviously the majestic Kilkenny team, 06 to 09. I suppose what it does mean to you in terms of this accomplishment that was achieved yesterday? Which are, it, it's it's incredible. Like, it's hard to put words on it. I think back in early 2018, you know, if someone was to say, you know, you, you can win the All-Ireland this year, but that's going to be it for 40 more years, five more years again. I think everyone would take their hand off. You know, I think it's, I suppose Limerick, it's a proud sporting city, you know, between, I suppose, Hur- Hurling, I suppose, is always up there, and, and the rugby as well. Um, but I think, you know, just an incredible, incredible bunch of lads. I think we I think we all got a little bit excited around the 2015-14, when they won the 21s title against Wexford, but they, they beat them with 24 points. And, you know, I, I, that night I could sense, you know, remember that, that final in Turles, and I could sense that, there's a lot of good players in this team and they played like I came away thinking like that was as close of a performance to, to me and I could compare it to like Barcelona and soccer the way they, they passed the ball around and I suppose John Kiley was manager at the time and I just I was so impressed with the style of play and how comfortable they all were in the ball and that night I could sense there's a lot of good hurlers in this team that would come up now did I think that Couple of years later, we're going to be four in a row champions, and you know, and let's not forget the the All Ireland in eighteen. People talk about four in a row, but it actually be five in in six years. You know, a lot of people say unlucky in, in nineteen, or we should have won. Look, you don't, you know, you had to go and win them, and, and we didn't. We didn't win it in nineteen. That's long and short of it. But like, I think it's, it's the last four years have been incredible. We've had they've had hurdles thrown at them every year. I think injuries is, is the big one. Um, look, every team faces injury, but I think the quality the players like last year to win the All Ireland without Keane Lynch and, and Peter Casey, this year to win it without Sean Finn and Declan Hannon. You know, I, I just think it's an incredible, like that. It's we're not reliant on on, on players. It's a squad, and I, I suppose the, we're starting to say what John Kiley says in interviews and what players say in interviews that they're, you know, they're a squad and they. You know they battle together, and you know next man in, and I suppose it, it all, it's true. It all makes sense that when someone goes down, you know there was rumours yesterday that Barry Nash was was injured and not going to play before the game, and yeah. you know you're kind of thinking, Jesus, who do we, we we've been already hit with Sean Finn and Rich English, but I'm sure if Aaron Costa was given the nod, he would do just as good a job of what Barry Nash would do if that was the case, and I think. We we had barren times, but Jesus, these are brilliant times, and I think it would be hard to see, you know, it would be hard to back against them going next year and, and trying to to do the ultimate and and become the team on top that to win the five in a row. Look, we're we're going to enjoy our four in a row, and we'll enjoy the All Ireland for this year. 
But you know, the talk will soon turn to next year. We're going to have to bring in fresh guys. You know, I think that's the key is to keep bringing fresh legs in. And I think there is a couple of young guys that are, I think Andrew Connor, he got named on the bench yesterday, yeah. who's, you know, highly tipped to make it up and coming. Um, Shane O'Brien, who we saw a bit parts in the in the league this year, Donico Dalig, you know, so there is fresh legs, just was young guys wanting to get into the setup. And uh, that is required. I think we saw that with Kenny teams over the years. You know, every year, the one or two extra coming in to, to push for jerseys. And I think there's no question over Limerick's hunger and the, the, I suppose, the appetite. And this is the, you know, to, year on year, like this is like, they're together since 2017. So they're, you know, seven, eight years together now. Uh, and to still have the hunger, you know, as a one unit, I think it's incredible. And, uh, you know, they're, they're giving their, their youth, their best years to the supporters of Limerick and, all we can do is thank them because these are incredible times to be a Limerick supporter. Oh God, absolutely, uh, Kieran. I think you captured the mood perfectly there. I think there's a few points for me. I think primarily the whole kind of journey of this team. I think that Wexford under twenty one team was very much catalyst. But even going back, remember that minor semi final loss to Galway and Crow Park, and I think for a few teams that kind of team of Keen Lynch guys like that that could have buried a few counties back in the past. So they've had resilience here throughout. You know, an awful lot has been thrown at them in terms of the injuries, in terms of teams really trying to get to Limerick's level here. I mean, the season, particularly Munster, was red hot. I mean, Clare provided formidable opponents, same at Cork. Waterford first round really did, really put it up to Limerick. So I think to be fair to Limerick, they've been on the pedestal now for so many years. It's just a testament to them that if you look at the championship, they've only lost one championship game in the last four years, and that was against Clare, narrowly by a point in the Gaelic round. So I think from that perspective, it's been brilliant. Um, also, this mantra of the team in terms of focusing in on the performance, improving, making the adjustments, adaptation. Again, I'm kind of in the project management full-time job, but th- the fact that they talk about these things, it's all about the process. And really saving their best to last yesterday, Kieran. I mean, 75% shot percentage. They were within the 50-60 range uh, during this season. To go 75% in tricky conditions like that is really a testament to the coaching. I think it's a testament to the backroom staff and also the players, to everyone here. I mean, I remember walking out of Crow Park many a year before 2018. You know, tail between the legs, getting absolutely hammered. Felt the roles were reversed yesterday with Kilkenny and Limerick yesterday. I mean, Kilkenny did it to us in 2007. And we've done exactly the same to them here, you know. I mean, it's just, it's an incredible feat. I mean, this is going to be a team to be talked about for decades to come. And I think it's just a case now, as you say, new players coming into the the fold here. And I think certainly Adam English, I'll add to that as well, along with Aitna O'Connor. There's certain guys here that are ready to kind of come on burst into this panel, provide more energy, provide more fresh blood in here. And I think everything's boding very well here for Limerick. And I think it's just a matter of the performance, Kieran. I think just the second half-wise, we've seen it against Cork and the All-Ireland, that opening half was sensational. This, I think, really and truly usurps this. I mean, just the pressure that, that were put under by Kilkenny, other teams, I think, would have folded at that stage. But it was just the mental fortitude to just not give in. And, I mean, straight up, Barry Nash, basically, we've talked about here, bursts up the pitch, point, great response, and then the rest of the say is history. So, I mean, this is a team that is going to be here for many years to come, and I think for opposition here, I think it's going to be uh, going to be a big job. To no, I think as well, just as well, on top of that, Mark, like, every day they go out, they're going to get the, the best performance from the, op- the opposing team. They're going to throw everything to try and beat the similar team. Yeah. And I think off off the field as well. There's a lot of dirt that gets thrown at certain players off the field. Social media is a new part of life that maybe the actually Kenny team didn't have to deal with. Um, and some of it is is, is borderline. Borderline. It, it's full disgraceful. You know, I think certain players have been targeted in the media. It's it's bullying, and um, you know, to deal with that along with with everything else as well. And uh, to be honest, I'm going to give the the tip of the hat to Kenny yesterday. Just to the the supporters, and I think any time I've ever been in a, in a, in the field or in the crowd with Kilkenny supporters is just their 
They're true hurling people. Every one of them I talked to yesterday, just congratulations, well done, super team. You know, and I think a lot of other counties could learn from that. Just there's no, there's just a joy to people that was don't like Kenny for because of the success they've had or, you know, but I just think they're, they're true hurling people and they recognise that how good a team Limerick were yesterday and that they were beaten by the better team. And I just thought they were, you know, they were just very sporting in, in the way they, they dealt with defeat um, compared to what Tipperary would have supposed. <laughs> yeah, but in fairness to the Kilkenny supporters, the ones that were around me stayed around. Saw Hill 16 particularly, you know, an awful lot of the young kids, they all stayed around for the trophy presentation. I think some certain counties you would have seen the fan base just literally scatter out of the grounds even five, ten minutes from time. Look, we've been down Kilkenny plenty of times here, Karen, uh, on social occasions, and to be perfectly fair, they know they're hurling inside out, and I think they know that the team gave as good as they got here. They just fell up short, and I think, to be fair to Kilkenny, it's no better county to kind of bounce back from a disappointment like this. Other counties, this could sink for years, but this is Kilkenny. This is a new management team. This will be players now looking to kind of maybe bring it on again next season, so I think... I think it's great words there, Karen. I thought it was just an incredible encounter, really. Yeah. And the fact that Limerick had to score 21 points in that second half, I think, really summarises everything you need to know about this Kilkenny challenge. The challenge was put there. It was a formidable one. And it was really just the spectacular nature of the performance of Limerick here really set it apart. So I think, look, I think it's uh, it's going to be a game to be talked about, I think, for particularly in Limerick circles for quite a long time. But I think GA historians, if they're pointing back to marvellous performances i think the slimmerick performance in 2023 particularly that second half is going to take an awful lot of boxes in terms of the composure the strength the determination but also the the skill and the accuracy here i, I think it is just been an absolute outstanding achievement by the team and uh yeah the homecoming in perry square tonight should be an absolutely majestic occasion which i'll be heading down to this evening you should see a few uh photographs hopefully on my social media feeds later on in the, the week anyway but I suppose, Karen, we'll probably wrap it up there. Um, it's been a lengthy one, but I think, you know, we need to come on today really kind of <laughs> decompress in terms of everything. Uh, but, yeah, many thanks, Karen. I suppose the next few weeks, look, we'll let the dust settle here, but maybe we'll have our end of year in the county review here and uh, kind of have our highs and lows for the year. But I suppose, Karen, until then, thanks very much. Enjoy the celebration. Cheers. And we'll take care. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports.